tune in to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. Good evening, America. Hope you're having a wonderful Sunday wherever you are on this planet. I just want to say a special thank you to my friends over in London, England. I'm getting your emails, and it is very touching, some of the things that you guys are writing. So I want to say, I guess at this point, it's probably very late at night if you're listening to this show live. If you're going to listen in the morning, good morning, top of the morning to you. I think that's how you guys say it anyway with my uh, Texas slash Creole accent. As for the rest of us, this is a program that is much needed. I know there have been times in my life that I wish someone would have said to me, Doc, here's how you do it. This is what you have to do in order to be successful. We find that to be one of the most elusive things in the world is just finding our way home, putting it mildly. Most people spend half of their lives searching hoping to find, hoping to discover their gifts, only to end up being very, very disappointed, to feel very lonely, to wonder, what is it that I am doing wrong that I seem to get further and further and further away from what I was created to be? Many of us start our lives daydreaming, even playing around with things that we hope when we grow up that we will become Some of us want to grow up and become daddy's little man, and others want to be daddy's big girl. But who do we become? Often circumstances and things take place along the way, along this life's journey, that cause us to get further and further and further away from these things that we really want to onboard in our lives, These the happiness, the joy, the very opportunity to use our gifts back for a minute. You remember when you were a kid, even as a small small child, I'm not even talking high school. Now, I know for some of y'all, you have to take a breath and think way, 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 way back, but, you know, don't tell nobody you're that old. But the truth is, let's just go back there. Let's really revisit. When we were a kid, what was it that we did or didn't do that caused us to get excited about life? I know when I was a little boy, I love to play everything from Batman to Doctor. I would, my dad had this little thing on his foot, and I've come now to think that must have been one brave man that he would allow me to take something, a sharp object, and mess around with his foot. My father, I guess uh, Cicero knew something I didn't know because um, my ultimate goal was to go into neurosurgery and now I'm still working around in people's heads. I'm just not using a scalpel. My scalpel is words and wisdom, but at the end of the day, I'm still cutting very deep and accessing the brain and attempting to bring about transformation. So even though the way that I ended up 
operating in someone's mind or in your mental center is a little bit different. I'm still hopefully reconstructing someone's life by what I can do when they allow me to get deep inside of their head. Well, the same thing is true for you. Now, here's the deal. God does not lie. He told us long, long time ago that our gifts would make room for us, that our talents would bring us before great men, and nothing has ever been so true. I feel that um, the, the reason most of us get lost in this is because we don't understand the difference between gifts and talents. Now, I'm going to try to talk about just that a little bit. You know, when you look into your childhood, you search your memories, I guarantee you, for most of you, for many of you, your gifts are right there in those memories. The issue is, how do you uncover them? Well, I'm going to dare to suggest that skills, quote, unquote, the talents that we usually turn to when planning a change of direction in our lives or, you know, those talents or skills are often learned out of necessity. Now, what do you mean by that, Dr. D? Here's what I mean. I grew up with a father that was a, he would always refer to himself as a cook. But my father was a head pastry chef for the Santa Fe Railroad for a couple of decades. Cicero could cook. I mean, that man could take a shoe and cook it and make you want to eat it. However, I ask myself, was my father's talent something that he wanted to learn to do? Because back in his time, being a black man, you were either a preacher, a teacher, or you worked on the railroad. And Dad chose the railroad because it gave him a chance to leave uh, where he was and to see something different. Now, was that really a talent or was that a skill? And, and that, I just want you to peg that right now. So if you are familiar with my show, you should have that pen and paper out of that tablet or that iPad. But write this down. Is it a skill or is it a talent? And we'll figure out the is it, whatever that it is. We'll get to that later in the show. On the other hand, gifts are things you are naturally passionate about and naturally good at. It is those gifts that will show you who you really are and who you still could be. It's never too late. I, I give you an example. There is this chick named Susan Boyle, and if you looked at this woman, I remember she was on uh, the equivalent of American Idol, but in London, and Simon, you know, crazy Simon, they used to go back and forth with Paul Abdul in the early days of Idol. He owns those shows, and he saw this woman walk out, and she's not exactly the sexiest chick on earth, just to put it mildly, but when she walked out, Simon looked at her and said, you know, okay, here we go. And they were expecting this woman to match her presentation, which at best, uh, let's just say she could use a stylist. Let's just put it that way. Um, but when she opened her mouth, she had this voice. And it's been described as angelic. 
it's been described as heavenly, as profound, as pronounced. In other words, that gift, despite her presentation, overwhelmed, seduced, captivated, and held hostage that audience for what it seemed to be an incalculable amount of time, but it was only about three or four minutes. But within those three or four minutes, her voice, her gift, took a room full of doubters, a room full of people who laughed at her when she walked upon that stage to somewhere they had never been experiencing something they'd never done, hearing something they'd never heard, seeing something that they'd never seen. Her gift truly made room for her. Now, what is the point in all that, Doc? Well, let's just say this. There were people all the way from Oliver Wendell Holmes, who was best known for his poetry, um, Michael Jordan, who in high school got cut from the basketball team. Can you believe that someone actually cut him? There are many of us that have been cut from our own life because we decided to marry the wrong doggone person, because we loved someone else more than we loved ourselves. We believed in someone else more than we believed in ourselves. We looked and were scared to leap because someone told us, you know what, you're crazy. Uh, just to put it mildly, I've heard uh, over and over again people that have been in my office, ranging from white men in their mid to late 50s to young African-American women and men in their 20s, tell me that someone believe it or not, their own mothers or their own fathers or an aunt or a grandparent looked them in the face and said, you know what, you, you're never going to be nothing. You ain't going to be, y'all know I'm working on cursing, so I'll just give you this. It's a four-letter word, starts with an S, ends with a T. You ain't going to be, you got it, okay, okay, just checking. You know I want to say it, but I can't. Okay, I can, but I'm trying to do better. So uh, my friend, Sonia, I know if you're listening to this show, she's like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> or uh, Pastor Carter, I know she's going, I've been praying that he would work on that. So look, you guys, all my prayer partners out there, I'm working on that area of my life. But 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 just think about it. Even with my profane language, isn't it more profane to have someone tell you who you aren't, who you cannot be? The problem for many of you is that you know what your gift is, but someone told you, don't you dare use it, because their plan for your life, you allowed, because if you're an adult, you allowed it. You allowed someone to tell you and define who you could and could not be. And I'm telling you, that is something that tonight we're going to go ahead and get that. We're going to put a, a, some brakes on that foolishness. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to make a list and then examine the feelings you had when you were doing things 
in your childhood or even in your early adolescence. And if you're asking, why am I making this list? Look, fool, this show is about helping you find your gifts. No, I'm just being funny. I'm not calling you a fool. But this show is about helping you find your gifts. So put that box of wine down and stop smoking and pay attention to the show. Uh, for the rest of us who are sober, what, did, what I want you to do is just, um, and even if you can't really think back because as a child you were robbed of your childhood, when this show is over, it's archived. It will go to archives like within four or five minutes after broadcast. If you can remember, or if you can just sit back just right now in this moment, walk down memory lane. Now make a list of all of the things that you ever loved doing, whatever that is. For some, and, and I'm not talking about some stuff you didn't have no doggone business doing, like screwing while your parents was gone. I'm not talking about that. Not unless you're trying to hook up and be with Mimi Nim on Vivid Entertainment. This is not that. This is not that conversation. But I'm talking about the things that you love to do that actually, when you think about it, make you smile. Things that your teachers in grade school and middle school said, wow, or even your parents, even people that didn't like you, that's the first sign that it's a gift, by the way. When your enemies have to acknowledge that you're good at it, even people that you, you know, it's so funny. I, I told you guys uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago about how uh, last few shows, about this last six weeks I've had where I'm like, what the hell? You know, I told you, I, I was talking to some friends of mine, and I said, I didn't even believe in Satan, at least not until the last six weeks when he showed up using people to try to really distract me, but it was only for a moment. But even, you know what, those people, the same folk, who were trying to do whatever, they would say to me, and I was, my publicist and I were laughing at this because she's experienced this kind of crap. And I told her, I said, girlfriend, isn't it funny, though, if someone tries to knock you, they still have to refer to you as celebrity publicist? Or, you know, when people are talking about me, they're like, well, and, you know, you are a great coach. Okay, you are really good at what you do. So even in the midst of being judged and backstabbed and condemned, your enemies have to acknowledge your gifts. So think about, let's just visit that for a minute. Did you like to build models? Uh, were you always writing and playing like you were on a stage acting? And I don't mean acting a fool where your mama had to tag you a little behind, but I mean where you were just enjoying Act, getting in the school play, uh, working out in the yard with your father or your mom out in a garden, cooking. Do you remember bandaging up people when they got hurt or caring for the elderly or your younger or even older siblings, your grandparents? Did you enjoy taking your Lego set or your uh, sewing machine and making clothes or building some kind of structure, or maybe you had a chemistry set. But let's just stop and think for a minute. Did you enjoy dancing and just dancing your butt off at school? Now, I'm not telling you to start pole dancing for Jesus. Hey, y'all are laughing. There is Google it. You think I'm kidding. These people in Houston are so crazy. 
that they have a pole dancing for Jesus class. I had a, my uh, buddy, Michelle, saw that. She had to text people. So I'm just telling you, uh, whatever your gift is, no matter how strange and weird it may be, God is going to use that. So as you think about these gifts, let's move down. I want you to write them down, and I want you to take uh, the time to really think about how did I feel when I used these gifts. Now, earlier I was telling you there's a difference between a skill and a talent. A skill is generally something that you just learn to do because you have to do it. Like, if you, so, there's some people that could cook anything, like my dad. My dad's uh, skill was that of a chef, but his gift was his compassion. His gift was his ability, people that couldn't stand each other, to sit down and work together. Now, after you make this list, separate what is a skill from a gift. Gifts bring you joy. Gifts bring you closer to oneness with yourself and the essence of whom and what you really are. Now let's dig deeper. I want you to look at that list and everything that you see that makes you happy, that gives you joy, that makes uh, that you could do it for a living, and if you had all the money you needed, not even get paid and you'd still like to do it, more than likely that's your gift. Now, some of you, I know some of you are sitting there, cause if, especially some of my friends, you guys are sitting there going, yeah, but I like bumblebees and I like bunny rabbits. Uh, well, okay, maybe you're not doing that. But, you know, those of you that have more than one or two things that you really like to do, look at this stuff a little deeper. Do you see any patterns and what motivated you? And think about it again. i give you an example. Let's say, for instance, you said, well, I love throwing parties, I love dancing, and I love having a bunch of friends over. Now, all of those things are different, but there's some common lines between them. Like all of those things had something to do with entertaining people. It had something to do with getting out and promoting something. I have a uh, uh, dear friend in Houston named Sonia. This woman is, I think she's probably kind of like my, my publicist, Pam. She has the, the, the natural gift uh, she has a wonderful personality, so much such that she's uh, even just embedded it in her daughter and embedded it everywhere she goes. This woman is always so jovial and, and has a infectious smile. But when I look at her, uh, she is able to get in places. So I'm looking at her pictures on Facebook and I see her with Anthony Anderson and Maya Angelou. And, I mean, she's taking a picture with everybody except Buddha, Jesus, and Mohammed. I mean, this woman has a way of just just being liked by people and being invited to come to the table. And I told her, I said, that is a gift. So what I want you to look at is what gifts do you see and the patterns of what you wrote on your paper. Matter of fact, ask yourself, 
do I love to create? Do I love to experiment? Do I love freedom? Do I love adventure? Am I very good at connecting with and relating to people? I mean, stop and just think about all of that, because I know about, I guess, mother passed in 2001. I was at that time in pre-med, University of Houston, and my whole mind was go to med school, I'm going to have a scalpel and start cutting people's brains open and doing surgery. And I would spend hours upon hours reading anatomy and physiology and neuro, things on neuropsychology, physiological psychology, the development of the human mind, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I, as much as I love the physiological part of medicine and neurology, I was always intrigued by what I wrote my doctoral thesis on was the placebo effect. I was always intrigued by how the human mind could heal someone that was diagnosed with a terminal disease. And I started finding that, and even in doing my doctoral research, there was a, a correlation between belief and manifestation that just totally captivated my mind. Even my master's thesis, I, was, I wrote um, about how the metaphysical plane and how faith could transform life, you know, and I started seeing this pattern of what if we could really control our thinking because thoughts become things, and we have so much documentation of when someone puts their mind to something, you've all heard it, the little old lady that lifts the car off of her child or, you know, the person that, and when they had to survive, they could swim 20 miles, you know. I mean, we hear the, and you have your own stories of things that you just have naturally under pressure did without even thinking. Whatever your story is, stop and throw that in there too and put that on the paper. What I want you to see is that as you look through what I'm going to call your flower garden, these things that even your enemies have to acknowledge that you do well, let's stop and think, what if today you took what may be an active or maybe a latent pastime and you challenged yourself? to learn just a little bit more about it. You challenge yourself to express it to the right audience and to communication because that's part two of this. Your talents will bring you before great men, and they will make room for you. And being real, I'm not saying that you can just sit up in the house on your butt and just wait and you'd be, you be like, you know, some like, who is it? and you say it's your blessing. It's not going to happen like that. It is not, I mean, like my girl says on the commercial, that's not how any of this works. That's just not how this works. See, our perception of ourselves is extremely complex. Ironically, we cannot see our own nose, but someone else can see it so clearly. It can be really hard for you to identify your brightest talents, and they're often sometimes in places that you least expect them to be. You know, you may be very good at things that you perceive. uh, uh, Let me say it another way. (laughs) 
you may even be very good at things that you perceive as yourself as being bad at. I look at some people that are so good at things, uh, and Sonia, don't kill me, Sonia White, but I'm going to say this. I made a comment, and, and I was like, Sonia, you'd be this great publicist and blah, blah, and she looked at me like, what? <laughs> you know, and it's like, but see, other people can see things you are so good at, but you could be like my auntie, too. I had an aunt that, oh, God, I'm, this woman is dead, so I can go ahead and say this, but she would cook these cakes that when you looked at them, they were beautiful. I mean, look like, some, you know, those plastic things that they have in these restaurants that they bring to your table to show you the dessert presentation. Her stuff looked that good, but it tasted like that plastic. I mean, oh, Lord, crap. Do not, they, I swear, ain't midget could cook a mess, not a cake. It would be a mess, but it looked good. And if you would just maybe, I think my, my uncle, I didn't meet him because he died when I was young, so I didn't really ever get to know him, but I think her cooking may have kill that man. But anyway, the point I'm making is that some of us think we have talents that we just do not have. Okay? So let's separate now what is actually a gift and what is a hobby (laughs) or what is, uh, what's the word, a passion. Because you can be passionate for your gift But just because you're passionate for something does not mean that it's your gift. Like some of you, and if you've ever watched the auditions for American Idol or for uh, Sunday Best, any of these shows, there's some people that think they can sing. You know damn well you can't sing. Sit your behind down, and if you're going to sing, do it when you're going down the freeway probably speeding with your windows up where none of us could hear it. And you probably can sing in that venue, but do not, whatever you do, do not ever, ever, ever go to a karaoke club or a karaoke or whatever that clap crap is called. I know I just messed that word up, didn't I? Somebody's going, he has a doctorate. What the hell did he just say? But the truth is when you have a gift, you may not even know you have it. So here's step two, or the, and the words of Sister Emma Coleman, number B. Step two is after you define what you believe to be your gifts, ask that friend of yours, you know the one that you don't like sometimes, your real friend, because your fake friends, you like them all the time. Your real friends, you are not going to like them all the time because they're going to tell you the truth. Ask them do I can I really cook and they go yeah child you can cook cereal and you can cook sandwiches well we we already know that opening a catering business you may be able to open open one because you have a passion for people and parties but don't you dare ever 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 cook anything you got me okay good now the other side is open your mind to all the different paths that you can take Because you are likely blind to what some of your talents really are. And a good place when you evaluate these talents is just open your mind to the possibilities. Keep in mind that talents extend beyond playing an instrument, singing, and dancing. Talents come in all shapes and sizes. For example, being able to read is a very good talent. Being able to listen, that's a really good talent. 
Being understanding is a good talent. Being a good parent, being good with teenagers, being good with small children, that's a hell of a good talent. <laughs> but you, you get me? Now, here's the other thing. I want you, as you look back on your past, I want you to reflect as you search these talents, and I want you to look at the things that you have done that you just really and truly have thoroughly enjoyed. Look at the times when you really excelled where, you know, there are, there are a lot of people that don't tap into their gifts until they're in their late 30s, 40s, and 50s. And that's okay. It's never too late. It's only too late when you take your last breath. You got it? And these are things that you are typically proud of. Now, let me slow your roll because I know some of y'all are looking back, back when you used to be able to twerk and we could, and, you know, your breasts actually pointed out instead of down. You know what I'm saying. Some things do actually get out of season, fellas. Like if you were good at playing football in high school and now you got gray hair and you over 40, don't you go out there and have nobody knock the hell out you and, you, and your wife is running out on the field with some Epsom salt. Tell my Raymond, I got you, boo. They, you can't help Raymond. You need to tell Raymond to sit his behind down somewhere. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about some of these things that you know that you are just too old to be doing. There's certain things that, like I'll give you an example. Your gift could be that you were a really good athlete. So does that mean you can go back and play the sport again? Everybody ain't George Foreman. Everybody cannot step in a ring at 40 and fight some 30-year-old or some 20-year-old without getting the hell beat out of them. So I'm not talking about that. But what you can do is take it to the season of life that you're in now. And, and here's some stuff I mean by that. Let's say that you're a fairly good musician and you still like to play. Who's to say you cannot mentor a young aspiring artist, especially if you messed around back in the day and had a hit record? You know a little something. You may not understand the business today because, believe me, the music business has just changed every five years. Ask my dear friend Preston Middleton at Next Wave Entertainment. He'll tell you the music business changes every 24 months now. But the truth is you can still get out there and you can mentor someone and help them be a better performer. Or you can, because you didn't get your shot, it doesn't mean you can't help someone else get theirs. Does that make sense? One good thing to think about was when you were a kid and you think about what you enjoyed, what were you known for? And I'm not talking about no nastiness, you know, like, yes, she was a freak. I'm not talking about that. I mean, what kind of good stuff were you known for? Were you known, and and you may have to get the dust off your high school yearbook and blow it off, try not to sneeze, but look in it, and maybe you were most versatile, most witty, best dressed. Now, if you think that means now you should be wearing some bright yellow alligator shoes with blue pants and a yellow hat with a blue brim, okay, I'm telling the truth. I did see a brother dressed like that. I'm not getting off the subject. What in the hell is wrong with us? Is it only black folks and Mexicans wear that kind of stuff? Anyway, never mind. I'm black and I'm Mexican. I can say it. Anyway, now anything you can think about are the times in your life that you've also been challenged. Think about some tough situations that you had to deal with. Hang on. 
My producers are telling me take a music break. I know for the last three shows I haven't taken a music break because we were talking about some serious stuff. Tonight is one of those nights. So, audience, I apologize if you really want me to. I'll play some music at the end of the show. Anyway, back to this. There are times that in your life the trials that you've been through reveal your hidden skills. Now, you remember I was saying a skill is something you can use. It can also be a talent. A skill most of the time is birthed out of just the environment you're in. But I'll give you an example. If you're around a sister, brother, one of your parents, and some medical something happened, somebody had a heart attack, someone fell, someone got hurt, but you kept your head, you stayed calm, alert, that's a talent. Believe it or not, and maybe you have gotten to a stage in your life where you did your 20 years in the military and, you know, you played G.I. Joe, G.I. Jane, whatever it was you did, and now you're just like, okay, I got money coming in. I need something to do. You could be a 911 operator. I mean, there's so many places that these gifts fit, and you don't always have to be a superstar to use your gift. Now, here's the other thing. Think about what makes you happy. Here's how some of you are like, hell, I'm not happy. I ain't never happy. Yes, you are, fool. Think about things that make you lose track of time. And I'm not talking about being at the casino. Some of us have been being at the casino. But something that you could do, some people just like driving. Some people just like talking. That may be a hint for your talent. When you find yourself evaluating what you're good at, and there's a difference. Just because you enjoy doing it doesn't mean you're good at it. I'm going to say that again. Just because you enjoy doing it doesn't mean you're good at it. And I will leave that on the golf course for some of my friends because <laughs> they love to play golf. They are not good at it. There, you might think your talents are only things that you love and uh, love doing, but it's also important to remember that sometimes your biggest talents are things you don't even think about. They're things that you probably take for granted that you do well. When you think about these things that come naturally to you, the things that you don't even struggle with, that uh, when some you often find yourself telling someone else, look, Never mind, I'll do it. And you can just go over there, bam, 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 and you got it done. That may be one of your gifts. Now, here's the biggest thing. When you discover what your talent or your gift is and you look back at life and you think about, okay, when I did this, I really succeeded at that. You know, I really felt good. You know, I was helping my boss reorganize his schedule or the family always comes to me every time they want to plan something. You can convert that into money. Here's some things to consider. If you still, after all that I have said, can't think of anything, me and you need to have a long talk. I ain't lying. But let's say you still can't. I want you to write the story of your life, and this exercise will not only help you 
to find your talents that probably are either just things you're overlooking, but it also may give you some hints to things that you might want to develop. Uh, and, and a good way to do this, depending on your age, write about what you were like as a child, not what you liked, but what you were like. You know, the things that you did, the places you went, what you like to do before or after school or when your bad behind was skipping school. Okay, don't write about that because some of y'all is just being mannish as hell to scratch that. The things that you wouldn't mind telling somebody about. Write about growing up, the things that you helped around the house with, the things that you were naturally, like I'll give you an example. This is really weird, but... I could, my dad was in the catering business, and often I would carve ice and decorate wedding cakes. And I, you know, yeah, me, can you imagine that? But I have a gift for it. Now when I, I can get in the kitchen and I can cook whatever I want, I know doggone well if I ever failed to make it at what I was doing right now, I could easily go into the catering business, which I've been in. I could easily open a restaurant, which I have owned, and I'm very good at that. What I don't like is the stuff that comes with it. So that's the second thing I want you to consider. When you write about this story about your life, also write about what you didn't like, what wasn't exactly one of your favorite things. Okay? Now, the third part about this writing exercise, write about your future. That's right. Some of your gifts have never been used before. Duh. Some of your talents you've never tapped in before. So write about where do I want to go from here? Uh, or if you really just have a struggle, what would you want somebody to say at your funeral? which may be closer than you think if you keep taking your life for granted. But these exercises will reveal your priorities, and they will let you discover what you may not even at this point be aware of that's really important for you. It can also reveal to you what you want in your life. And see, when you focus your talents, you need to be able to attach that focus to something. So as of today, make sure that you go back, and I'm going to repeat it again, I want you, in the written part of this exercise, just write about your life, what you've been, what life was like as a kid, what you like to do, what you like to do before and after school and in the summers. Write about what, you, what your life was like while you were growing up. Yes, you get it? Write about your future. Where do you want to go? How does that look to you? What do you want? And see, as you look back through what I've given you to do so far, that means go back uh, at the beginning. I said it's real simple. Write down things that you like to do because more than likely your gift is something that you also like. And I also said what if you can't think of something, let's just write down things that you naturally do or you find yourself telling people, hey, look, let me help you with that, and it just comes natural. Or under crisis, things that you've done. Well, if you look through all of this information, you're going to see a pattern emerge, and that pattern that pattern is about you. Somebody named Patterson must be talking about me. That was weird. Where in the heck did I get that from? Anyway, now, here's the next thing. A few of your legitimate friends and relatives, ask them 
And I'm not saying if somebody tells you something, especially if you loan people money, they're going to tell you what you want to hear. You need to go to somebody that doesn't owe you any money when you ask these questions or somebody that will actually tell you, child, you know damn well you can't sing or you know you don't you don't cook, don't you dare cook anything. Those people that are that honest. And I'm not talking about your haters now, even though you could ask them, because if your haters tell you you're good at something, you probably are really good at it. But ask people. Get an outside perspective, because often it is easier for other people to see what you're good at than it is for you. Be sure to talk to people that know you well now. But also talk to some people that barely know you. Uh, a good way to do this, and it's not like you're out searching for compliments, but ask folks at work, you know, what is it that you think I do really well? And if they tell you nothing, <laughs> just, you know, don't ask them. That means they probably don't like you. But if you ask five or six people, what is it I do well, and you start hearing a common theme, that's a huge hint. Now, this is for all of you that are entrepreneurial that right now just started a business, that um, are about to start a business, and you're wondering why it has not taken off properly. This is especially crucial for you. This is a good time to see that, okay, perhaps you are already operating in your gift, but it's just not happening for you. This is a good time to see what it is you're not doing right. You know, my, I have a, a uh, great entertainment lawyer. Hi, Jaylene. <laughs> and when I'm talking to her, Jaylene is like my grounding device for my consciousness, man. She will come to me and be like, okay, in the last year, and she will point out everything I did wrong. And one day we would talk, which I love her for this because she keeps me sharp, okay, fellas? So another rule, when people love you enough to be honest with you, thank God for them because everybody ain't going to do that, okay? That's, that's real talk. But the, the deal is don't get so caught up into your vision that you lose your sight. I'm going to repeat that again. Don't get caught up and your vision so much that you lose your sight. And you go, Dr. D, that's weird. What does that mean? Here's what that means. Don't lose sight of what it, the, the goal is. Sometimes we get so caught up in the minutia. We get so caught up into looking at one tree. We miss the beauty of the forest. We get so caught up in the fact we got stung by a bee that we, we make that the, that just takes over the day. We look at this one stumbling block, this one stepping stone, this one barrier we had to overcome, and we fail to see all of this other great stuff that's going on in and around us. Also, some of you need to stop being so narrow-minded and bring some professional help in, but I'm going to tell you, I did that with my website, oh, God. But let me give you this. They brought some beauty to the table and they bought some lessons about me to the table. Like, read the fine print in your stuff. Stop and realize that because it's a hard lesson, it didn't mean it wasn't a good lesson. Stop being so busy being embittered and angry at everybody that if, now that you are actually in the midst of your blessing, you're not taking control of your life. Now, here's the deal. And I'm talking to both parties now. I'm talking to you that are trying to find your gift, 
And I'm talking to you guys that have just started a new business that's trying to operate in your gift. I want you to really differentiate what your goal is versus what you need and what you want. I'm going to repeat that again. If I don't say anything else to you today, that'll preach, to borrow a phrase. Decide what you want. Decide what your goal is. Separate these things and then decide what you need. If you're having a problem with that, I'm going to use an example. Let's say, for instance, that you want to, I, I need to think of some because it's like I know so many people doing so many different things. I do not want somebody going, Dr. D is telling my business. No, I promise I have no one in mind with the example I'm going to use, absolutely no one. So if your egocentric butt thinks I'm talking about you, promise you I'm not. I'm just making this up. Let's say that you decided you wanted to start a ministry helping people. And in the process of starting this ministry, you wanted, your goal was really to serve, let's say, people that are lost in life. And that's what your goal is. But what you want is to be on TV. And what you need is some money because you ain't got no money to fund your idea. None of those three things go together, do they? Amen, lights. So write down what does it take to make what you need manifest itself. What does it take to make what you want to manifest itself? And then write down what does it take to fulfill your goal. If you, when you answer those questions, you will see some common denominators. An example, you could say, I need money to, in order to be able to buy the flyers and to make CDs to give to people for my ministry. Then you say you want to be on TV. Then you say you want to help a lot of people. Well, you may end up realizing that if I go to community television, which means you don't have to pay except some, probably some nominal fee, you have access to equipment and a studio, that you may be able to get a sponsor. And if you get a sponsor, that sponsor more than likely is a business, a restaurant, or something where people go. You could actually pass out and give away your CDs if you say, if you put the restaurant's name on it, and they could sponsor your television show. See, in other words, there is a way that if you marry the needed deliverables associated with your wants, your needs, and your goal, that is the, almost the source material of making these things come together. Second thing, stop trying to ball on a budget. Tell people you are broke. <laughs> you know, it's okay. I'm going to tell you right now. And I am so, I'm going to be so transparent with you. There are months where I easily make more than $10,000 a month. But because I'm flying back and forth to Atlanta and I have a publicist and I have employees and I have office rent and I have four kids in college and one that's an adult getting their life, all of this going on, man, I don't make any money some months because my, my outgo sometimes is bigger than my intake. Because of that, does that mean I'm not, that I'm broke? Hell no, I'm not broke. Uh, no. However, the truth is 
I need to be honest with people and tell them, you know what, don't let the smooth taste fool you. So you need to do the same thing. How, nobody will help you when you're running around fronting like you don't need any help. You got me? So also be honest. The other thing is look at the people that are around you and realize, are they really here for me? It's pruning time, folks. You need to get rid of some people. The reason your talents and gifts aren't being recognized isn't because they're not present. It's the company that you're keeping. You need to bounce Shanae and Pookie to the curb. You're showing up somewhere being articulate, you're well-dressed, and Shanae is over here flirting with the man that's uh, flirting with the secretary. Pookie's over there, you know, smelling like weed. Really? Sometimes, child, it is better for you to catch the bus than ride with some people, okay? Sometimes you don't need that 20 or $30 you just borrowed from this person that's going to worry the hell out you and call you everything under the sun. And I'm going to warn you, this is a lesson I, that I've had to learn. You know, you guys, I am so transparent with you, it's almost embarrassing. But never take money from people until you have had a long talk with the Holy Spirit about it. I've had people come to me, Dr. D, I want to give some money. I want to, and that mess ended up being a hot mess, a nightmare, okay? Do not do it. All money is not good money. And, and being honest, when you do that, you're cutting out the time that God was going to show up. So don't think that you need everybody's help to get you where God is taking you. You don't. The people that really have your interest at heart, they're going to come to you. And I'm not saying you don't need to pay these folks back. I'm not saying that you don't need to be a good steward. What I am saying is these things will not come with strings attached, people. Most of the stuff that is from God, it does require effort. It does require commitment, but it does not require you having to pull your drawers off and start twerking at the end of somebody's bed. It does not require you doing something strange for some change. It does not require you hanging out and associating with people you know damn well you don't even like. If you have to do all of that, that's probably not from God. You heard me? I'm going to tell you again, his burden is light. His yoke is easy. God said, I will give you a talent. It will bring you before great men. It did not say you need to be pulling your drawers off to get before great men because you did some freak in somebody's house or office. It, that's not how this works. The other thing, watch what you say. And I'm going to say this. If people talk to you, the way that you talk to yourself sometimes, you cuss them out, calling yourself stupid. And above all, please, Jesus, stop complaining. Watch your words. You know, I have people that have been just so good to me, and I love them so much. And they have, even of late, I, I've had, I had people come to me, I don't care what it was doing, getting my office, uh, just taking another step in business, uh, you know, just a counsel, even to the point of just being uh, just crazy kind to me. That would have never happened if I didn't keep 
having an attitude that I was going to win no matter what. Now, if I be honest with you, have I had days where I felt like just giving up? Of course I have. Have I had days where I was like, you know what, I don't even care if I wake up tomorrow. Yes, I'm not even going to lie to you. I have. However, thoughts become things. Once out, the things you say cannot be taken back, and they are often processed through filters that contain, for lack of a better choice of word, let's just say some very unique personal projections. (laughs) What I mean by that is, you know, think about the messages you put out before you start telling the media, a.k.a. your big mouth friends and relatives. Everybody's not in your corner, boo. You know, I'm going to tell you something. This week, I had an opportunity. A friend, a friend of mine in Atlanta is a very famous movie producer, and he comes from a famous family, uh, a very notable family. But he was the first person in his family to become famous, even though another member of his family is a household name. You know what I'm saying? And he taught me, if I don't have time to hold grudges, and I don't have time to do nothing but what I do. And and I'm not going to mention this guy's name, but he knows who I'm t- If he's listening, he knows what I'm talking about. He, me and this brother are like brothers from another mother. I mean, we you know, we think just alike, you know. And, and I had to clear my path to open up the door for that relationship to come into my life. And that's what some of you have to do. You have to kick some of these pooched up, leeching, hater, backstabbing people you have in your life to the curb. Now, some of you, and the Lord just put this in my head to say this. I don't know who this is, but if you're somebody in ministry, you need to get rid of some of them folk up out your congregation. They're not helping you. That's why your church ain't growing, because they're in there backstabbing your butt to everybody. Get rid of them. I don't know who that's for, but if that's for you, just say amen and, and, you know, amen. Um, and then this is for somebody else. God is, like, giving me all these little messages. So instead of you having to read the message from God, I'm going to give it to you. Some of you right now just started a business, and you have the wrong business partner. You need to just tell them, look, I can do this by myself. Let me buy you out. Because their ghetto-esque behavior, their lack of willingness to do things decent and in order, or their uh, their poor people skills are sabotaging what you're doing. You know, it's better to eat a sandwich with God than have a steak dinner with the devil. You got me? Get rid of them. And others of you, you need to quit blaming everybody for your stuff. Stop it. You know, one thing that I've learned that uh, my, my attorney said to me, she said, you know, I want you to look at what do these people say about you that they have in common. She said, now, you're not always innocent. Now, that doesn't mean I'm guilty or nothing either, but it does mean that I need to stop sometimes and think, okay, what is my contribution to this? Is there something that I could have said or done or that I'm saying or that I'm doing that is causing me to find myself in these circumstances over and over again. And when I asked myself that, yes, it was. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to be transparent again. So, hey, I had to tell myself, Dr. D, quit telling folks everything you're doing. Because some of these people, they don't, one, care, and they don't, two, believe you. 
Well, kiss my butt, and that's official to any of y'all. Kiss my behind in its entirety. Or to borrow Della Reese's line in that movie, kiss my entire, never mind, I can't say that. I said I was going to stop cursing. But the point I'm making is I can't tell someone else that they're wrong when I'm wrong too. I need to stop being so sensitive. I'm a little too sensitive. I need to quit trusting everybody. Does that mean everybody is evil? No. What that means is I was an idiot that didn't do my homework. Now, I'm not calling myself an idiot. What I mean is, okay, yes, I did just call myself an idiot. But the point I'm making is don't do dumb things and expect a good outcome. So pay attention to your contribution to your own life. Now, going further down this road. Did you know the very things that are your strengths are also your weaknesses? I'm going to give you an example. Let's say you have a strength at being very organized. Well, that also means your anal behind is getting on other people's nerves because you want to cross every T and dot every I. And I'm not telling you to stop being like that. What I am going to tell you is stop expecting everyone else to be like you. Everybody is not like you. That's why God puts two different types of people together. You have one set of gifts. They have another set of gifts. You feeling me? The other thing is if you're finding that you're needing a bit of help navigating through some of life situations, don't be ashamed to reach out and get some professional help. We're calling Amy and them. Amy don't know what they haven't been where you are. You know, it's so funny. I was in this meeting the other day. And uh, there was a particular group of people that I, that uh, we were considering me working with. So I'm meeting with these people, and a person that's in the meeting says to me, uh, not to me, I'm sorry, to the other person, why are you getting advice from somebody that doesn't know anything but the streets, and you go ask them, should someone use a life coach? Are you kidding me? And, and, you know, I'm sitting at the table, but that made so much sense. And it's something that I couldn't say because it would sound like I'm being, you know, uppity, highbrow, whatever it was, which that's not who I am. But the truth of it is, is sometimes listen to somebody that's looking at it from a different angle. I'm going to tell you a story. It's so funny. This is a true story. This truck, you know how you can make a U-turn up under the freeway? There's this truck that's trying to make the U-turn under the freeway, and this African brother uh, jumps out the truck. I do not know what's wrong. What just happened? And this fool and jacked this truck up and stuck it up under the freeway, right? <laughs> so the – well, not the truck, the trailer it was pulling. So you got all of these cops out here. You got the fire department out here. You got the city out here. And all these so-called smart men – or just, well, we need to do this, and okay, well, let's try that. And, you know, all these, and then even an engineer is out there. This little six-year-old girl says to her father, Daddy, why don't they just let the air out the tires? Now, that was the solution. That is exactly what they did, right? And I'm sitting there laughing my butt off. A six-year-old girl had more sense than all these firefighters and police officers and somebody from the Department of Transportation. 
which that really pretty much should scare the hell out of all of us. But the truth is, she's a child, and she's looking at this from her level because the tire was taller than she was almost. Well, maybe it was. So sometimes we need people to give us a view of something that we don't quite have. Now, here's the next thing. These three things are the most important things, and you having your gifts and your talents make room for you. Stop blaming other people for your poor decisions, bad behavior, and your unhappiness. It's best because let me tell you what you're doing. You're giving them all the power. But see, when we hold ourselves and others accountable, we accept that we are in control, and that not only helps you to have better self-esteem, but it will build your confidence because if you're part of the solution, you, and especially to your own problem, you become the master of your own life, and you will start learning where things begin. And I give you, I told you this stuff with this website stuff with me, and I found out, you know, they stole my name, registered my I name. Mean, come on, really? But the truth be told, they did a lot of things right, too. I got a great-looking website, and I learned a hell of a lot about social media, and I learned a hell of a lot about landing pads, stuff I would have never known. So when I look at holding them accountable, yeah, you, you did go do some ratchet stuff, but you know what? I can't blame you because at the end of the day, it's just business, and I didn't come prepared. Now, that's the next lesson. You need to be prepared. Even when it's your gift, your gift still requires that you have some responsibility. It still requires that, okay, you can sing, and you may be a fairly good whatever, baker, musician, uh, good at helping, hurting people, whatever it is. You still need to get you a piece of paper, child. Go get your certification in it. Quit doing hair in your living room. Plus, that's nasty. I mean, especially some of you doing hair in your kitchen and somebody's wondering, where did this come from? But, you know, the truth of it is get you a piece of paper. Get certified. Get a license. Go get two years, 18 months. will change your life. This is another big one. While you're getting prepared, Here's the biggest thing you need to be prepared to do, walk away. Sometimes you have to walk away from partnerships that are inappropriate. Sometimes people that have been with you for 10 years, it comes time that you've got to let them go because not only are you blocking your blessing, you're blocking their blessing too. And I'm not telling you, uh-huh, Raymond, this is the end of the road. You need to get out. You know, I'm not telling you to leave your wife or your husband, but, you know, if your wife or your husband is crazy, <laughs> you might want to raise the yellow flag. Now, for some of you, don't you dare go getting out no marriage and stuff when you are part of the problem. So don't blame them if you haven't fully taken a good look at your contribution to things. And for most marriages, that is the case. And that, and I'm not talking about walk down the aisle ring marriages. I'm talking about marriages in business, marriages in partnerships, even marriages in just pursuits of happiness. Now, here's the next one. No matter how big your gift is, I don't care if your gift is in cooking, if your gift is in singing, helping other people, 
if your gift is just in being a kind person, you're going to have some bad days. That's right, I said it. You know, it says, you know, when it rains, it rains on the just and the unjust, right? It got bad things happen to good people. But even in the midst of that, do your very best. When you ask someone how they're doing, take the time to stop and listen. Keep looking at them. Pay attention to their answer. When you're working on a project for work, don't rush it just to get done. Do it the best that you can. Those around you will take notice of how you do other people. They will take notice of the detail that you put into things. They will take notice of the things that you do both right and wrong. And as you pursue these gifts, this is the biggest and most important factor in this whole show tonight. It's not about you. Did you hear me? The gifts that God gave you have very little, if anything, to do with you. Very little, if anything, to do with you. For you to be the person that you're put on this planet to be, it's time for you to grow the heck up. That's right, I said it, grow the hell up. The gift that you have, be it doing hair. I don't care if you're a doctor or you're a pro athlete. You know, I have a lot of pro athletes listening to this program, and I'm going to say this to all of you guys, and especially you people out that are listening to this program making six figures or more a year. It ain't about you. When is the last time you helped somebody other than yourself? When is the last time you actually took the time to love on somebody else to, and to use this talent and gift that you have, this platform you have, to show somebody some love. You may just be working for the city. You may be working for the county or the federal government, or you may be working at a company, and you could get somebody a contract. And by, all you got to do is mention somebody's name. Well, you know, I know somebody that could print that for us. Or I know somebody that's an event planner. I know somebody that's a public speaker. I know somebody that could uh, come play at the recital or play at this function. When is the last time you made it about someone other than you? Because I'm going to tell you the biggest thing about getting a gift to work is using it to bless other people. When you use what God gave you to help someone else, I promise you, not only will your gift make room for you, but your kindness, your compassion, and your grace, it will bring you before great men, and it will let someone other than you be ready, willing, and able to take that very thing that you haven't been using, that's been laying dormant inside you to another level. Anyway, there's a book that I wrote. It's called Another Chance, Where Would You Be Without One? I'm going to say it again. Another Chance, Where Would You Be Without One? Go to the Dr. D. Yvonne Young website. That's D-R-D-I-V-A-N-Y-U-N-G.com and uh, look at products, and you can order a hard, back, a hard copy of it. 
or you can get the downloadable version off of Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kindle, whatever. You can get, it's easy to obtain. Get that book and do the exercises in it. If you're having problems right now discovering your gifts, or let's say you even know what your gift is, but you're having a hard time figuring out how do I open up the door to use it, what do I need to do to make myself available so that someone can see me Someone can hear me. Someone can use what I have. I guarantee you, God did not light that fire inside of you. If you looked at the picture for today's show, it's an egg with this light inside of it. You know, God didn't put something in you that he didn't want you to break it out. So break it out. Share it with the rest of the world. And by all means, share it with yourself. Because if there's anybody that's going to benefit from you using your gift. It's not going to be the rest of us. It's going to be you. With that said, we're wrapping up. A couple of things I need you to do. Make sure you tune in for Lunchtime Love on Wednesday. It's going to show it's going to be off the chain. Uh, and I want to tell you guys, especially, uh, again, my, fr- my fans over in London, I am so touched. You guys sent me some really cool letters last week, so that was cool. I want to thank my friends. I had Dana down in Australia. What's going on, girl? I love you. Hope you're having a great week. Um, To those of you in the U.K., I mean, not in the U.K., in Canada, in the Virgin Islands, in the Caribbean, uh, definitely love you. You guys batting down the hatches. I heard there's going to be some rocky weather hitting this week. To my friends over in the Middle East and in Africa, oh, And all of my Persian friends out there, I want to say, hey, I love you, and it's definitely cool hooking up with you. Hopefully I'll be on the air over in the Middle East very soon. We're in negotiations on that, and if it's the will of God, the will of Allah, I definitely want to be there with you and for you. So last but not least, make sure you hit the like button on the Devon Young Arthur page on Facebook. Uh, Hit the follow button. And if you're just now tuning into the show, don't panic. The show is archived. So the minute I, uh, we sign off, you can hear the show in its entirety because this is a good one and you don't want to miss it. It will change your life. I love you madly. Have an awesome week. And, again, the archive will be ready in about three minutes. Talk to you on Wednesday. Bye now.